Okay, so we've got some great people tonight to uh, welcome onto the platform. And um, isn't it great when uh, God raises up a generation, the next generation? You see, I'm in the generation that's just moving on. And uh, so even though I still feel young at heart and certainly think that I'm young, but I know know physically that I'm not. So... um, uh, we have these great young people, young adults, sorry, who have a passion for God and a passion to share what God is teaching them. And so each, every fortnight they've been coming um, round to my house and we've been looking at the Word of God and looking at how to share that. And they've been sharing um, in a whole range of different ways and learn, looking to grow in God in what He has for them in their ministry. And I think that's really exciting, isn't it, when young men and women seek God to be, you know, number one in their life and to be able to see how that they can serve him. So it's very exciting. So let's welcome Scott and Jared, Jack and Reek. And so tonight we're going to uh, look at a story. Jesus loved to teach using stories. And I think we all like stories, don't we? They're really, they help us to understand things really well. Wouldn't you agree? And uh, so Jesus understood that, so he, was, um, he used a story, to, lots of stories, he called them parables, and he had a message in that story so that we could understand what he was trying to say. So it's a really good way to teach. As a teacher, I've, I know that if you can tell a story, you get the attention, and then from there you can explain what you're trying to say. And so Jesus, best teacher of all knew that, so we use stories. And so we're going to look at one tonight. It's called the parable of the sower. Now, if you have your Bibles here, you can turn to Mark chapter 4. If you don't, then look to the screens and uh, we'll read that through. And then we're going to share some thoughts around that tonight and look at what God might be saying to us through his word. His word's really powerful, you know. It's not just words on a page. It's not a book like we would go to the bookshop and just get a book. It's actually God's speaking through people, they've written that down, and now today we have it, and he just doesn't, it's not just we're reading the words on the page, the Holy Spirit speaks those words into our heart, and that's what brings it alive. And so I can read something, and you can read something, and we can get something entirely different out of that, because it's the Holy Spirit bringing that alive into our hearts. And that's what we want to happen tonight, that the Holy Spirit will bring this alive into our hearts so that we can understand what is God saying to us tonight, individually, because he's talking to you personally tonight. So let's look at Mark chapter 4 and uh, we'll read it through. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, 
some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So in this story, we have a sower and we have some seed and we have some soil. That's sort of basically what the story is about. Now, I guess Jesus, if we think about his context, he would have been out on, you know, in the countryside talking to the people and he would have been using examples that were around them. So I get today, this is probably not quite as relevant. If we're out Western New South Wales or something, maybe, yes, with the farms, but we're not. But I think we can still understand the story that Jesus is saying, that when a person is going to sow seed, they throw it out and where it falls, depending on where it falls, is how it will grow. And so we, we get the concept of Jesus, even although for those people, when, where they were, he would have been out talking and then said, see, over there there's a sower. Look at him. He's out sowing and they, it would have been very relevant to them. So what can we learn from it here today in, in uh, 2017? Well, I think these guys are going to help us. But, the, but first of all, the seed we're talking about here is the message of the kingdom. That means that the truth about Jesus and what he means to us. So God wants us to know that he loves us so much. He, he showed that to us by giving his son Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins so that everything that we do, all of us, no matter what we've done, God paid the price for that. It doesn't seem to make sense to us, does it? Because that's a love that's so beyond our understanding. Because would we do that? It'd be hard to do, but he loves us that much and he paid the price so that we could be forgiven, so that we could live in freedom, so that we could enjoy that sort of, that life that is to the full that he promises. And so this is the message of the kingdom that, that uh, he was talking about here that is being sown. Now, where's it been sown? It's been sown in different types of soil. And the soil represents our hearts. And so tonight as we consider each of these types of soil, what we're talking about are our hearts. And what state is our heart in? That's really the question that God's getting us to consider tonight. He's not judgmental. He's not there saying, you know, your heart's like this. What he's saying is think about it. Think about the message I'm offering you. Are you receiving it? So let's go to verse 4, and this is the first type of soil that the seed fell in. And it said here, look at verse 4 again. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. So, Scott, what sort of heart is the path? Yeah, well, it's, it's a hardened heart, like Pam already talked about. And, um, but just before I go on... I will just say that um, we, what Pam was saying at the start about us coming together, like we appreciate that so much too because Pam's a very busy woman and uh, to take the time for us is insane. But uh, what she was also talking about where it's like we're all young and basically she was saying strap in because this could go anywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the little preface. <laughs> so anyway, so but... Oh, yeah, it, this is the this is this is the right Pam. This is the scattering of the seed on the on the path, and what it's talking about is the hard path, the hardened heart. So I'm going to talk a little bit just about the hardened heart. And I guess traditionally, when we think of the hardened heart, it's kind of like the people or the heart that thinks about God and kind of rejects it, and the hardened heart towards God, the one that kind of doesn't want anything necessarily to do with God. 
And that's what I traditionally probably would have thought about a hardened heart, um, whether that's because of life experience or whether it's to do with like a church experience or, or a life experience where you kind of think, where's God in all this? But the other kind of heart that I want to talk about, the hardened heart, is, um, is kind of like almost like you, you hear, the, the, hear the, word of the, God, the word of God, sorry, but it doesn't resonate with you. You're kind of almost um, abs- just, I guess, desensitised to the Word of God. And that's the other kind of word I want to talk about tonight. So, um, yeah, I, uh, that, I guess with that one, I, me and Claire, actually, we went and watched a movie. And um, it's, it's just this, it's not a very good movie. But, <laughs> but, uh, but there was just this scene and there was this thing that was on fire and the hero kind of had to get out right at the last minute and he did. But, and it was kind of like... Exactly what you're giving me there, that's the response that we kind of thought about it. And that's because Hollywood has, is made like explosions and crazy things not very exciting anymore. Like we're desensitised to those things now. They're not that exciting. And that's the same way um, about the Word of God, that we need to be careful not to let that happen. So, uh, yeah, oh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about the good soil later on, but I just wanted to, to kind of explain like, when we get the Word of God and it comes within us, that's when we, that's when we kind of have great... Um, like the characteristics of God kind of come into our lives. And, um, and that's, like, that's what I want anyway. <laughs> but um, that's, what, that's when it spills out and we have great uh, discernment. And for discernment just basically means like we're in tune with God type thing. Um, but those kind of things spill out into our lives and that's, and that's what I want for my life because... I'm really excited about the idea that our lives actually mean something and that we've got a purpose and um, that it's more than just doing this, you know, like 60 years and then cracking into retirement and <laughs> trying to get into a good 20 years, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited about that God actually has something purpose for our lives and that, um, that actually we're supposed to um, be champions for each other and we're supposed to get around each other and... Um, and, you know, like do the tough times with each other. And God actually, our lives, our existence is actually supposed to have a meaning in eternity. And um, I don't know, like it's pretty early on in the night, but that's a pretty cool thought, I reckon. <laughs> but, um, but the hardened heart, it, it's, it's kind of like the first thing. It's the first barrier. As soon as we've got a hardened heart, I feel like if we can't get that seed, no, nothing is going to get in and that's not going to be reality. So... Um, yeah, so I suppose I kind of want to talk about um, a bit further on. So, in, uh, so there's another version of that story in Matthew. And a bit further down, Jesus kind of goes on to talk a little bit about it. And Pam already explained how the birds come in and they eat the seed. And uh, a bit further on, Jesus talks about this one's actually in Matthew 13, 19. Jesus says, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. And, uh, and like that's what the birds are, I feel, is that it's the evil one. He's coming to sta- snatch away the truths of God, the truths that God actually has for us. And uh, I'm actually not going to be that much longer because there's a few of us to get through. But, uh, but maybe, uh, maybe for you, kind of, there's a situation in your life where you're going through some grief, for example, and... Um, and maybe, yeah, it's just a, it's a tough time. And maybe you've even tried God before. But, uh, but maybe actually God has, is, 
you've, you've had this message of God that is like a religious God with rules and laws and this strict thing that you've got to follow and do all this. And, and it's kind of like this real confined thing into like this robot lifestyle. But maybe God's actually got the revelation for you that that's not actually what he's about. <laughs> he's about grace and he's about second chances and second thousand chances. <laughs> that's the wrong terminology, but you know what I mean. He's a God that, that actually wants to over and over forgive and He's not about rules and regulations. So maybe that's about you. But maybe, um, maybe you've actually got a hardened heart of, of unbelief or something like that. And it's actually just a struggle to kind of to have this, uh, this God that you can't see and really just, just surrender your whole life to him. And maybe that's a thing. All of these things, whatever it is in your life, it's a hard heart that if you don't, if you don't release that heart to God or give that heart to God, there's no chance that that seed can, can sow in and that can, can grow into anything. Straight away, like it's blocked off. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I guess for me, um, I think God's in the business of changing, in changing hearts. Like that's, his, that's his game, that's his jam. And, uh, and, and hard, like we're not actually very good at changing other people's hearts. Like if you've been married, you'll know. <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, he, God's in the business of changing hearts and he can do it well. So what we need to do is pray. Yeah. And uh, we've got to pray. If we think that we're kind of coming under attack from being, having a hardened heart, then we pray for our hearts. But also, if there's people like people that struggle with unbelief maybe or that aren't Christians, like we actually can stand before God on their behalf. Like we can be their representative in the courts of the kingdom, you know. So, um, but yeah. I guess it's more of a warning message about the hardened heart, but, um, but I think some of these guys will bring it home. <laughs> That's great. Excellent. And um, I think that's a good point you brought out, Scott, that about desensitised heart, that's a hardened heart as well. And we can just get so used to the things of God that we actually miss it altogether. That was a really good point. Or the heart that is just closed off to God there's no chance you're not going to be able to benefit from what God is offering us the, the cost of his son is means nothing the cost of his son's life and so um, the message goes out and where does it fall what sort of hearts do how do we receive that look at verse uh, five and it says Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. So, Ree, you're going to talk to us about the rocky soil. I am, yes. I feel like um, I chose this one. We were going to, like, draw it out of a hat and I was like, oh, I'll have this one, thank you. Um, I feel like I got the easier one because I think that it um, is so easy to relate to our own spiritual journey. And I think that all of us at some point have either experienced this kind of journey or experience or seen somebody else go through it. And what it kind of looks like, to understand it, you need to understand both facets of the story. And the first one is that the plants were scattered, they penetrated the soil and they did shoot up. Like there's no denying that that is a good thing. And you know, that's the main objective when you scatter seeds and when you're sowing things like that, that's good. And in the same way, you know, we can maybe come to church on a Sunday and the worship's incredible, the music's amazing, the preaching is one of those messages that sound like it's like, 
being spoken straight to you, you know, those ones and you're like, is anybody else hearing this? And it's like pumping you up and it feels like it's speaking into every situation in your life and things like that. And that is good. Making those declarations and making a decision and raising your hands and, you know, declaring that you're free and you're changed and you're a new creation, they are good things. There's no denying that just like sowing the seed, that coming to church and knowing God, that is the main objective. To be changed and to be free and to live in freedom is good things. But like the seeds, it says that as soon as they face any adversity, like the sun in the morning, they're challenged and the seeds will wither and die. And I think that is so true for us as well, that these amazing revelations that we can have on Sunday and this incredible person we can be on a Sunday and declare that we're free and decide we're changed and we're free of addiction and we're new creations and things like that, just the same. Morning can come, we can experience any adversity and that might look like a terrible driver in a traffic jam or it can look like somebody else smoking around you so you need a cigarette. It might mean that you reface that same challenging person at work and as soon as you're faced with that adversity, then your declaration and the seeds that were sown in you on the Sunday wither and die. And when they wither and die, you're left with this rocky soil in your heart that might look like, um, you know, things from betrayal and leftover from bitterness and unforgiveness and broken relationships and things that are actually in your heart and things that actually affect you. That is all you're left with on the Tuesday or the Wednesday or the Thursday when, you know, you came from Sunday and had this incredible, like, hit of the Holy Spirit and you were, like, you were sure that this is it. When the Word of God is not planted in the right kind of heart, you can shoot up and you can experience it because that's who God is. But if you're not willing to make this kind of, like, Jesus every day a reality and a lifestyle, then you will just experience this roller coaster of a spiritual journey. And I'm sure that we might have gone through seasons of that or seen people go through seasons of that where their faith depends on their circumstance and their faith depends on their feeling. And I I know that God's intention is not that for us. But he promises us so many times through the Bible. And in Ezekiel 26, he said that, I will take your heart of stone, that is, your heart with rocky soil, with, you know, burdens and brokenness and hurt and unforgiveness I will take that heart and I will will give you a heart of flesh and that heart of flesh is that soft soil that foundation that can can bear fruit to God's fruitfulness and that's love and kindness and goodness and self-control and the self-control that will get you into Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday all the way to 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 Thursday (laughs) and then you're done (laughs) We'll get you all the way to the next Sunday so you're not like clutching at straws and desperate for somebody else to impart the word of God with you. But instead you're on this self-sufficient journey where you know how to seek God because your heart is pure, it's open to him. And it says that he wants to transform you by renewing your mind. So what that kind of looks like is that you are transparent before God. Those places in your heart where it might be too painful to let people in. God's calling you to let him in there and to let him take rocks out and hurt out and scars out and replace it with this fruitful soil that he wants you to to have inside you to live and to make it a lifestyle instead of just a phase or a day or a moment where you're feeling like you can experience that freedom and you can experience that charge of the Holy Spirit. But instead, that's just a preview for the whole life that he wants you to live. That's great.
so we go on to verse um, 7. And other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Jack, what have you got to say to us about that? The thorny, thorny ground. Uh, so, I mean, Scott warned you this could go anywhere. This is where it happens. If it's going to happen, look out. Just b- buckle up. No, I'm just joking. Okay, this is good. We'll see. But I wanted to bring out a couple of points uh, about, the, about the thorny ground. And um, in the, I'll kind of go back and forth a little bit, but in the message, uh, it says like the weeds, like amongst the weeds. And that just is like, for me, I feel like um, a good way to like understand it in a modern kind of term. But, you know, either or. So the, two, the first thing is that the, the difference between the thorny ground or the ground with the weeds compared to the former that we've been listening to is actually that this is the first, this is the first one that we kind of come across where the, the kind of um, fruit would actually grow. It's actually good soil. This soil is actually good soil. It's already got things growing in it. It's soil that can, be, that can grow and, like... Um, yeah, so it's good. It's good stuff. So that's the first thing. So it's kind of like it's less obvious than the other two, where like Scott spoke about his, where you know you throw the seed on the ground, it's basically like concrete. It's just going to bounce, kind of thing. It's definitely not going to grow. Ree's one kind of uh, she spoke about. You know, it, it does. It does kind of shoot up, but as soon as it does, it kind of withers when anything comes against it. This one for me is kind of like the for like it's kind of the scariest, most real one for me because the soil is good. And when we're talking about the heart, it's like your heart can be good and it doesn't matter how long you've kind of had a good run or you've, you know, you've known God. You, you can think you've got a good heart kind of thing, but the second point is that, I mean, so sorry, just to clarify, because Jared laughed. still have a good heart. But the se- my second point is that, um, is that the, the soil is being shared and the thing that it's sharing it with is um, the weeds, which is, you know, I guess there's, if you kind of expand like the metaphor or the parable, you know, you can kind of share your heart with all these good things that can kind of build it up. But in this situation, it's a weed that when you, it actually uses like pretty serious um, wording when it says when they grew up, it choked the plants. So you can imagine this farmer anyway, kind of, or, you know, he's a sower. I assume he's a farmer and he's cruising around and he's given everything a chance. He's throwing... You know, and this is God's given, he's given seeds to the concrete, to the solidest ground. He's like, oh, you know, give you a chance. You know, there's, the, there's this stuff shallow, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And then, you know, he kind of gets, you know, because he, get, he gets to the mile where the weeds are. And just because there's weeds there, like, you think, when you first read it, you kind of think, well, you know, there's weeds, not good ground or whatever. But just because, like, Scott knows more than anybody, if there's weeds in your garden, you can still try and grow things. But <laughs> You'll soon find out that they don't necessarily grow that good. <laughs> I can make jokes till I've got my own garden. And I'm terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible person. Um, yeah. So the so the soil is shared is like is the second point, and the thing that they're shared with is the uh, weeds. And I guess the kind of main question that I want to pull out is like, um, even though you've got good soil, like you can have a weed in your life that is. No matter how much you kind of like hear it, you've got this thing that kind of like, well, as soon as you kind of start going somewhere with it, it'll tear you down. And like the, 
the human like equivalent to what I'm talking about is you sit here right now and you hear all what we're talking about and you think that's so good. You might even take some notes. You know, he's talking about weeds. It's so good. The good stuff's coming up. Spoiler alert. There's one more and it's going to be good. And, you know, like you hear it, you go home, you think like, how good was that weed thing? Talk to you. Talk to you. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> how good was the, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but the thorns, it's probably a reason why it was written like that and the message, you know, but you know, you, you kind of like, you kind of think it was so good, whatever, but it doesn't, as soon as, you know, instead of it becoming a part of your life and becoming ingrained as an actual part of your life, as soon as you kind of start to do something with it or as soon as you give it enough time, the, as soon as it kind of starts to grow a little bit, you know, the weeds come and like it says, it like chokes out the plants, like they're, it, they're dead, they're done. And so, you know, some kind of like weed kind of things that you can have in your life might be something like unforgiveness, you know, it might be something that you hold on to and, and it doesn't matter how many good things you hear, you just can't get past this one thing and it might be something like an addiction and in whatever form that comes in that just keeps bringing you back and it doesn't matter what you've heard or whatever, it could be your work, you know, you think that you've got this great job but your commitment to your work means that you never kind of, you're always just working and every, your mind's always on your work, you always go back to that, it could be like your love for money, it could be other distractions, it could be something that's come from like a broken heart or past problems, um, any, like anything, there's so many situations where you can have these thorns in your life. Um, and the last one that I kind of want to point out, because it's a really like common one that you, that it really easy is to go past, is, and it's just as important as all the other ones that I was saying and anything else, is, um, is like the people you spend time with. That can be what you share your heart with, you know, it's a shared ground, the one that we're talking about. And so the people that are around you, they can be the ones that just instantly bring you straight back down to nothing, like as if you went to church and all the things you heard kind of are completely dead. Um, so that's like a really huge one. And I guess just to, to finish up, if you're not kind of sure, you know, and, and you might be doing really good and you might be, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at kind of thing. But a really cool question to ask yourself is basically like if, if I'm in trouble or if you're down or if you're kind of in a situation, what is it that you turn to? Do you go, well, that's okay because I can kind of like buy something and make me happy again or, you know, that's all right, I'll just get, I'll run away from it. Or So, you know, ask yourself, when I'm in trouble, what is it I turn to? And if it's not God, whatever that thing is, there's a good chance that that could be the weed that's in your life that you need to conquer. Thanks, Jack. And that, that's so true. So it's a good question to ask, what do we, sh- do we share our heart? Do we share the sort, you know, our heart with something else because I can promise you that if you do, not, not saying that we don't share our love and our affection with other people, it's not talking about that, I'm talking about that the heart that responds to God and if uh, we have a response to God and then sometimes we, we, we've got these other things in our life that, that come, then what happens like you were saying, it gradually they overtake us. They gradually overtake. And at first they may not seem like they have very much space in our lives. And they, and they probably don't. But over time it builds. And suddenly, before we realise, often just it, it happens you know, so unknowingly. Suddenly it's sort of just 
it's big in our lives and, and our relationship with Jesus has just sort of, where is it, you know? And so therefore, it's, it's really important that we're, we're aware of that, that, we have, our, that our, we have our eyes open to it because these things come in and take over. And it's things of the world that just consume our hearts and our minds and our time. And before we know it, we've got this, we've got good soil, but it's, it's, it's the, what's been planted there you know, eventually dies, and that's not great. So we don't want the message of the kingdom, which is a, a transforming power of Jesus that work in our hearts, to be choked out, do we? We don't want that to happen. We don't want it to just hear it once and maybe like it, but then by tomorrow it's gone. Or, or we want to really consider, you know, are we not hearing it at all? But there is one more soil, and Jared's going to talk to us about this, and this is in verse 8. Still other seed fell on good soil. Always good to have something, you know, the good part of the story here at the end, the climax. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Now, if I'm, I'm not going to ask you to do this, and, bef- you know, and Jared's going to share with us about what is the good soil. But if you th- I'm sure already you're thinking, which of those is my heart? Is it hard? Is it just, you know, here and then go and get on with other things? Is it yes, but things in the world are just competing for that? Or is it good soil, Jared? All right. Um, Yes, so I am speaking on the good soil. uh, And when I got told I was on the good soil, uh, I was like, sweet, I already know this. Um, I've been told that it's the obedient heart. It hears and it's obedient. Sweet. Case closed. Give me the next parable, Pam. Um, and I was comfortable. I was, I was like, yeah, sweet. I know what that means. Um, and then I, and then I started to dive into it. Oh Lord! Um, and it just got deeper and deeper. And it and it became uh, really hard for me to to actually just think of just obedience as as good soil. Um, and uh, honestly, I was reminded, uh, I'll share a quick story. Uh, I was reminded of uh, um, when I really gave my life to the Lord about four years ago. Um, for a long time, I focused so much on obedience instead of relationship um, that I never, ever got to know God. Uh, I was a sweet with a ticket to heaven. Give me that. Um, but because I just never got to know him, uh, I didn't. I just didn't realise what his priorities were uh, and what his heart was for. And so I just honestly thought that uh, until until I uh, cleaned up my act and stopped doing this and stopped doing that and was obedient in this, um, until I stopped doing that, I. I hadn't earned the right for the relationship. I knew he loved me and I had grace for salvation, but I just didn't think he wanted relationship. Uh, and that went on for a long time. Uh, and uh, much like Ree was saying, one of those prayers where you're, in, you're at Sunday and you're like, oh God, I, I promise I won't do that again this week. <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> that had been going on for a while. And, and I swear, as the words were about to, <laughs> to come out, I could just feel his, it was almost this frustration uh, where God just hit me and he just went, forget it. F- 
forget the obedience and just get to know me. Um, I was like, all right, I can, I can do that. That means I get to party and get to know you. That's sweet. I can do this. Uh, this ain't a bad deal. Um, but, and, and so that's really actually the way I took it. I thought, great, that's cool. Uh, and I started to, to get to know God. And, and I let go of control and I accepted this relationship with him. And, and the more that I, I became in this intimate relationship and got to know God and like I was reading his word and I was just talk, like I was walking and talking like I was like, oh man, so hot in it, God. Like, like I really was like I'd, I brought him into my life so intimately and before I even knew it. My life had become obedient because I, I had I had brought him into my life so much, and he and and everything about my life was about God. That when I was so intimate with him, he had just shaped my heart to who I'd spent the most time with, um, and and so I was reminded of that, and and so like without even focusing on the obedience part. Um, I got God, and then I was obedient, and then these these blessings just started coming out of nowhere. Like I was just getting blessed beyond, like beyond what I would even ask for. I just asked for more of God, and He'd give me that and more of this and that. And uh, let's be honest, thirty, sixty, sometimes a hundred times blessed. Um, but yeah, like, and so that. I was reminded of that when, when I heard of this soil um, where, yeah, look, we don't just get salvation and, and that's it. There's a mission. As Scotty was saying as well, there's a purpose, there's a mission. Um, and, yeah, you can get to heaven by living your own life and believing in God and just taking that salvation. But there's so many people that need your obedience for their salvation as well. And, and for God's kingdom to be um, extended and spread. And so, yeah, that's where this obedience comes from. Um, but if I'm going to give any point... Uh, so the, the good soil is the, is the Christian that, that hears the word and understands that there, there is an ob, not an obligation, but there is a mission and, and grasps that mission and, and is obedient. And, and takes that word, um, but if I'm going to give any any point here, it, it is that um, an intimate relationship with God enables true obedience through His strength, and through obedience you open those blessings, the ones that we're talking about with that thirty, sixty, hundred time blessing, that harvest. You don't need to focus on the obedience to get the blessing. You focus on God and that intimate relationship. And that is where your your heart is changed. You don't want the things of the world. You just start to want these things and it turns into obedience. Like your life turns obedient when you're intimate with God and through that obedience, these blessings come. Uh, so if anything, focus on God and obedience will uh, will come through that and blessing through obedience. And uh, when Jared was talking to me this morning, you were talking about the fact of the depth of that soil. You see, we, the, the, the first, one of the soils we was talking about was shallow, and so it just is easily 
it easily dies. But good soil is deep soil. And it has, and I think that as we build that relationship with God, we, ha- we grow deep in God. And so as we do that more and more, we, we become stronger and we are able to really take in what he has for us. And it's just a heart response. Instead of this, this you know, as I think it was one of you was saying before about rules and regulations, it's not about that. It's not about don't do this and don't do that. In fact, I heard once a, a preacher say, if you spend all your time doing the do's, there's no time to do the don'ts. And it's true. God, lots of good things he wants us to do. There's lots of, lots of really positive things. It's not about just trying to deny us things. He denied himself so that we could be free. And this, the soil that God wants us to have in our hearts is, is just a soil that is out of relationship with him. And that soil is soft because he keeps our hearts soft. As we you know, build that relationship, as Jared says, we build that relationship with him, then we, we stay soft and, and, and tender to what he's saying. And we grow deeper in him so that the things of the world do not easily sway us. So no longer do we get quickly distracted by the things of the world because we've got this depth of relationship that is, that is worth more. You see, till we have a relationship with God that is worth more than what we think about the things of the world, it'll get snatched away from us or it'll get choked out or it'll, whatever else will happen. We'll get desensitized. But when we have a relationship with God and what, who he is, what he has done for us, actually impacts our hearts so much that anything else, money, you know, things, even relationships are nothing compared to that. When that happens, when we have that depth of relationship, we will always be able to walk with God. Not saying we won't have challenges, not saying that we won't have temptations, We all have them every day. I've been walking with God for 60 years and I have those things come my way. But I have a God who is so strong. I have a relationship with him that I know 100% without a doubt, I know that he is with me, that he is for me. He says to me, I will strengthen you, Pam. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be dismayed. I'm your God. And so that's the sort of heart that he wants. And when we let him into our hearts, when we don't harden our hearts, when we don't just say, no, sorry, I want this more than that, then when we say that, there's no chance for God. He's not going to force himself on us. He's just going to say, okay, that's your choice. When we just come on a Sunday and then the rest of the week is our own thing, it's going to be difficult for him to have a a deep relationship with us. When we love the things of the world more than him, it's going to be hard. But when we love him most, when he is enough for us, when he is more than enough for us, that's when we're going to, he's, we're going to receive his, the message of the kingdom and it's going to take root and it's going to produce fruit. You're going to impact other people's lives in a way that you won't believe. In fact, Jesus said it, it'll, you will produce fruit. Other people, 30 times, 
60 and 100 times, you, you know, your life's going to impact others. It's going to change their futures. And so tonight as the band comes and we sing Christ is enough for us, then I want you to think about that. And I'm going to give you the opportunity. Um, Scott and Jack are in the band, but Ree and Jared are down here and um, other people here too. But I really believe God wants us to answer this question tonight. What's, what's our heart like? What's, which one of those four? I don't want you to tell me directly, but I want you to think about it. I want you to think about the answer to that. Because that's why Jesus told that story. He said, I've got a message for you that is life-changing, that is transformational. I've got this for you. Now, what's the state of your heart to receive it? And maybe tonight you need prayer to say, you know, you, maybe you're struggling with even believing in God whatsoever. And that's okay. That's fine. God loves you and he understands that. But you know what? Maybe if you just come forward and someone prays for you, they can pray for you to have faith. Because faith is actually a gift from God. And maybe you need someone to pray for you tonight to have faith, to overcome that, that negative attitude. Or maybe tonight you need to come and say, you know, I do love it on Sundays. I do love being in church and, and, and praising God. And I do believe, but once I get out the door, you know, my life's just all caught up. Maybe you need to come and say and, and, and have prayer to, for God to help you to live tomorrow with him. Just tomorrow. Okay, just one day at a time. One day. He's more than enough for one day. Or maybe that there's things of the world that are just really closing in on you and you just can't get free and you need the power of God to break those things and set you free so that you can live for him. We're going to stand. And tonight the, the, the offer is here. If you want prayer, there's people here to pray with you. Come forward and we'll pray for you. And we'll ask God to, to be everything that you need. He is more than enough. I can promise you that. That's my testimony. He is more than enough for every circumstance.